Hi listeners, we're here in uh, central London in Vauxhall at an old roller disco uh, warehouse. I'm with uh, Clem and Megan and there are a couple who have actually started a homeless charity um, called Food for All, is that correct? Food for All Vauxhall, yeah, that's us. Yeah. Uh, tell me how, about you know why you are actually doing this and how it started. Well, we've actually got a sister charity that's been uh, they're based up in Camden. Uh, they've been running for 30 years and they feed a thousand people a day. Uh, they're actually run by primarily Harry Krishnas. Um, they've, they've got a good name for themselves and they can uh, somehow negotiate with councillors and squatters and create spaces to, for charity for charitable purposes. Mm. Um, so they, they gave us a bit of rice and a big pan and a bit of gas to start off with and they gave us uh, these two warehouses to say make what we will of it, you know? They said go for it and yeah, it's um, it's alright. Yeah, and and how old are you, Clint? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. So I mean, how, what actually? I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you come to this point? Um, <laughs> well, I I was working in the refugee camps in Europe last year. Um, in Calais. Yeah, right? Calais, Calais jungle, and mm. Dunkirk refugee camp as well. Yeah. Um, and I've got experience feeding people. Uh, I've taken the bullshit out of feeding people. Excuse my. Phrase. That's all right. This is Solidarity. FM, <laughs> by the way, where expression <laughs> is key to self empowerment. Yes, self empowerment indeed. Um, yeah, I've I've got experience with feeding massive amounts of people. Like um, sort of we're feeding a thousand people a day from our kitchen in the camp, but there was ten thousand people in the camp, and we were working with all the other kitchens together. How, how many thousand people? About ten thousand people in jungle come the end of the summer, yeah. Wow, so um, you were feeding how many thousand people a we, day? We were feeding a thousand, we were doing a thousand, but we, um, Ashram Kitchens, this was our kitchen over there, mm -hmm. um, we we also created a safe space for people, a creative space for people to come together, because mm -hmm. the word Ashram, is, it's not like a Hindu or a religious term, but it means where people of all castes, all faiths, uh, can come together and eat together and share together and respect one another. So yeah, that's the whole philosophy behind it. Um, so I came back from there, and I was sort of uh, doing a bit of work in gardening and all that sort of stuff, and I went about the place, and I knew about this place uh, where the free food charity was getting set up in London, and I, I knew some of the uh, Harry Krishnas actually from back in the day, and decided to, to come and help out and put my energies into it. So it basically it it started off as a kind of like a humanitarian thing where you just said, well, you know. You you saw the plight of the refugees and you thought you know something I can do something about it is that correct Yeah, in, very very true. Um, I mean I'm a white man from England and I've got a lot of um, what's the word of advantages privilege, privilege isn't it white privilege male mm. from England and I, I see that privilege as a duty actually I see it as a because I've got opportunities to travel anywhere in the world to sort of create my life as I will I'm not going to get I'm not oppressed by any sort of um, state or nation in literal in practical senses like I can I'm free in that way and I, I see it as a duty to step up and do stuff with that privilege tell us a little bit about your background how you grew up what have you gone to school or of course you've gone to school but I mean a university college or whatever uh, yeah I was homeschooled actually for a lot of the time yeah um, I, I grew up my mum had a job as an architect when I was born but the uh, the when when I was born they kicked her out so I grew up sort of on benefits um, sort of on the bread line and I know what it is to be like hungry and like struggling with my family bless them um, <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's sort of why I'm, I'm here now is because I want to help those people who are sort of in the same boat you know just, right um, 
Yeah, I, I didn't go to uni or nothing. I got out of. Uh, I studied music at college, um, mm. and uh, decided to go and do some work after college and do some travel. And mm. I've been around a bit the world, some met some amazing people, and done some great things with them. Yeah. But obviously, you know, this this key desire within you to to empower yourself, to actually find your yourself, and to actually express yourself. It must have come from somewhere. What is there something that actually triggered that? Yeah, it's actually um, it's a thing that people don't mobilise until they uh, go through and experience they experience something themselves. You know, a lot of people think I'm alright, Jack. I'm struggling with that in the society in London because so many people are very comfortable in my country that they don't they're not affected by the uh, the general needs of the of humanity. Mm. Um, so I've experienced a few things, you know, I was working in Kathmandu, uh, it's obviously I've, I've known... Kathmandu? Uh, yeah, I was, I was doing um, a bit of travel over there, staying with a friend and all that. I've experienced some stuff over there, like the dogs, and for instance. Um, the, the dogs, what's that? <laughs> um, I'm sidelining a little bit, but... Uh-huh. Uh, for instance, the people in the uh, the Dog Welfare Trust or whatever, they... They say, oh, don't don't hurt the dogs in Kathmandu because they're dogs and they need to survive. But actually, these dogs roam around in packs at night and eat children. I heard, I've oh, heard this stuff, man. I've heard these kids getting ripped to shreds. It's oh, my very God. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's like I've, I've, I've experienced suffering on another level than this country and this, this yeah, sort yeah. of um, comfortable mm. situation over here. And that, that's what's inspiring me to give give other stuff. Because, yeah. and, and let's go, go back to Food for All. Um, <laughs> I mean, so you and Megan and how many other people you 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 sort of formed a crew together to actually, um, you know, you got a pan and a bowl of rice and and they said, you know, here it is, go for it. Yeah. Um, you know, how how did you actually, you know, get other people involved in in your actual project? Uh, we started off with a crew of uh, three people, and you know, when I arrived in this charity, they weren't doing hot foods. There was uh, too much bread being left over at the end of every week and I, I come and tried to kickstart something with them. I come and put a lot of energy into getting the um going skipping, for instance, uh, getting we've got deals with Sainsbury's and Waitrose and uh, Subway and all this sort of stuff that they give us uh, any excess uh, fruit and veg or mm. bread or cakes and stuff um that we can then use. It's it's the stuff that they can't sell. It's like a wonky banana or like a mm. a curved cucumber which doesn't look right so they won't sell. Um but they're yeah. actually perfectly fine vegetables. Yeah, so tell me, so you took all this food and this and you got the location yeah. and you and then you started, you know, making all this food. So how did you actually distribute it and who did you distribute it to? Because it's all very well saying I'm feeding the homeless, but yeah. how did you find these homeless people yeah. and how did they come and how did you distribute it? It's a funny thing actually. We live next to the biggest vegetable market in Europe. So we we've got enough food regardless of who we're feeding or why we're feeding them. Um we target uh, hidden poverty, so that's like getting into communities at a council estate, stuff like that, where single mothers are working on the bread line to feed their children or people on benefits, stuff like that. I've experienced myself. Yeah, do you uh, just knock on the door and say, here's some food, baby? <laughs> no, no, we, we, hold, uh, we host like um, weekly or daily markets in their community, in the com- centre of the estate or something like that. We uh, mm-hmm. put up a few flyers, make a bit of a racket. Mm-hmm. And um, we, uh, you know, create create a place where people can come. We we target uh, the school runs a lot of the time right. because in those periods the the mothers are coming and going and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So you just set up in a in an open space. Yeah. And then um, people just come. Yeah. Uh, we we put out flyers and uh, that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, we've been running for 
eight months now, so we're still making a name for ourselves. Yeah. But um, it's it's really nice to target those aspects of community because you see the man on the street, and sometimes he's got more than the woman who's or the man or the child who's got um, real needs behind closed doors. You know? Yeah. So yeah. It, just because it's not in front of your face doesn't mean it's not going on. That's right. And um, so you know you set up here and, and like on average, how many people do you actually feed per day? So my holy fuss with it is um, I try to feed 100 people a day for a pound a day. So uh, one pound a day? Yeah, one pound a day, yeah. Um, for our listeners, one pound is about one, well, it's going down now, but it's about <laughs> one pound 20, uh, sorry, one one dollar 20 or about maybe just on, yeah, just over a franc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, if we feed 200 people a day, that's two pounds a day, you know, um, it, we, it's just to afford gas and washing up liquids, really, because all the food we get is donated. We we run off donations. In fact, even for money and stuff, really, it's um. Yeah. So, how many people are involved in your project at the moment? Uh, it's getting bigger all the time. As I said, we're we're outreaching to these communities now, and we're, our new project is actually trying to get them on board to run it themselves. We're going to be doing a six-week sort of uh, uh, sessions with them, of giving people free food and trying to get them on board to do it off their own backs, you know, create little... Uh, so in other words, to actually empower the community yes, itself. Yes, it's about empowering the communities. It's about um, it's about bringing them together again, because a lot of these places have had all the funding and the community spaces ripped out of them. Yeah. You know, and there's there's no focal point anymore, which are going to be a focal point for them. Yeah, so it's like more kind of like a grassroots sort of, uh, would you say charity? Or yes, one? it's very grassroots, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not for profit. We're, we're not making any sort of money or whatever yeah. out of this sort of thing. Um, yeah. So in other words, it's a bottom-up rather than a top-down sort of structure. Yeah, that's the sort of philosophy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. And also I believe that you're a musician as well. You you, you love to, you're trying to set up a kind of a band and, and also a climate camp as well. Tell us more about that. <laughs> So yeah, we're sitting in my sound studio actually. Uh, we're trying to create a little bit of a recording studio at the minute. We were playing music all like, all last night, all night, and um, yeah, until six o'clock this morning. <laughs> yeah, you know about it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I've grew up on the free jazz scene, sort of. Um, this, this, it was great to be surrounded by great musicians all the time, and I've got a real freedom in my senses. That, uh, that's sort of why I never went to university, actually. Uh-huh. It's because the music that they teach is so controlled and so formatted to a way that everyone thinks the same and ends up playing the same things, you know? Have you ever heard of the Montreux Jazz Festival? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. It's very famous, yeah. yeah. I think I've got some old CDs from there or something. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's nice, yeah. yeah. But jazz is about anarchy. Jazz is about freedom of expression. And jazz is about empowerment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Megan. Oh, she just come in there. Um, I just wanted to ask you. Uh, um, I just lost my thought there. Actually, Megan, do you want to say something to our listeners? Hey, how are you doing today? I'm feeling grand, and it's time to play. There's a feather in my hand, and we're out by the riverside, going down to the Tate Modern to decide to give our all and read off what was right when you were by those passing boats over the Aegean Sea. What they call drowning, what they call misery. And why? And why? Why? We keep asking 
until the question mark turns into an exclamation. We will keep on striving. To what? <clears throat> the real food. I think that is the... The soul food. Yeah, yeah, soul food. How do we get that energy, that raw power, and the elements of nature, and animal and plant? Primal. Mm, primal, primal and feral. Let's go primal on this, the establishment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to be doing that at Colm Valley, actually. Oh, yeah, tell us more about that um, as we're getting kind of like uh, into the spirit here. Tell us more about <laughs> Colm Valley and the climate camp. It's, it's going to be a wild hunt where we're all going to go feral and live off the land and create a separatist, uh, oh, no, an activist community, an alternative society uh, living off the land there. It's... um. It's to stop a train line coming through, which is going to shave 20 minutes off the journey from London to Glasgow. It's costing the UK £100 billion, and it's destroying the local wildlife and the local habitat. They're draining the lakes, they're cutting down the trees. So I think 20 endangered species are going to lose their lively, their homes, basically. Basically, it's just brought it to a point and a forefront of, like, we need a place of land for the uh, message that we all feel in our hearts at the moment more and more, and we wake up realising of the catastrophe we're in, and we all want to do something, believe in each other, humans, and, like, what can we do? We're faced with that while trying to survive, but here is the place. There are many people that have the time and have the complete knowledge that they're here to serve and just do something helpful for the planet, what can that be? Not unaligned to money, but aligned to the, the message of the source, which would be, it's about planting, it's about growth. Imagine full of forests and the, the trees bring the water, bring the fire, bring the everything. So it's not about You're listening down. to self-empowered radio here. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Thank you. And and uh, I want to ask you guys: Do you have one? Do you have actually a favorite song that you would like to? You know, we can play you on our radio station. Any uh, anything that yeah. comes to hand? I'd love to listen to uh, "Flora Africaine" by Duke Ellington. Yeah, it's a off the album "Money Jungle." It's a really uh, it's a protest song. Yeah. Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna play that for you, Megan. Do you have a favorite song? I have a favorite song that we're about to compose. I think you are a favorite right song right now. <laughs> hey, we've got we've got the basses, we've got clarinets, we've got the drums. We'll make up a song, specially for the listeners of this uh, radio station. Solidarity. <laughs> FM. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much, Megan, and uh, you know keep on trucking. Yes.